Hi friends, welcome to Real Life, Real Talk, Real Coffee with me, Hannah, your host. I am so excited to get to sit down with some of the amazing people that attend New Hope Church and hear about how God is working in and through them in their lives. It truly brings me so much joy to just sit down and process life with people over a cup of coffee. And so I'm so excited that we get to do that together. So whether you're sitting um, at home listening to this on your drive or whether you're at the table with me in the microphone, I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation together. For this episode, I'm sitting down with Jake Sanders, my husband and our youth pastor, and Laura Whitson, Pastor Ryan's wife, and we're talking about Sticky Faith. Um, Sticky Faith is just a compilation of research that talks about how to help youth keep their faith after they graduate high school and go off on their own. So I'm excited to have you join us for our conversation, and I can't wait to hear how God works in and through you as you listen to this podcast. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, I love the opportunities that I get to have with you and we have coffee and tea, Laura, and just the conversations we have because you have a lot of wisdom to offer and Jake married so I like talking to you too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just start off with what is your go-to drink to have um, coffee or tea? What's in your mug? Sure. All right. When I'm at Starbucks, I will always order the white chocolate mocha with half the pumps. I actually did not know that you could do half pumps. So yes. that was an exciting adventure yeah. for me because sometimes <laughs> they're a little too sweet. Mm-hmm. Too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally black coffee, but tonight is a uh, chai tea latte with a shot of espresso. Interesting. You're not going to sleep at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited to talk to you guys about Sticky Faith. Um, sticky Faith for me has been a topic that I've studied a lot because uh, I'm a school counselor and for my graduate courses I had to do an action research project. And I researched Sticky Faith and the research that went into creating that program. So um, a lot of it was spent thinking and talking about how we could implement the Sticky Faith model at New Hope for all kids. And um, it was a big undertaking for a hypothetical project that I didn't think or know whatever happened. But it also brought a lot of really good information to me. And so some background for those of you that don't know is Sticky Faith is um, research that went into why teenagers either walk away from their faith when they go to college or into the workforce after high school or why they stick with their faith and um, continue their walk with the Lord. So um, one of the big things that comes out of that research research is that every kid would have five people on their team, which I know both of you know a lot about um, being on people's team or making sure that kids have people on their team. So those people could have big investments in their lives, like being involved in their activities or attending events that they're part of, or it could be smaller ways, checking in with them via text, praying over them. Um, but the, the main goal is that that kid would know they have five adults who are invested in them that are from a multi-generational perspective. So I kind of give a background on my take and my experience with Sticky Face. So, um, how did each of you get introduced to Sticky Faith, and what's your Sticky Faith story, I guess, and Jake will start with you. Uh, yeah, so I actually heard about Sticky Faith from Hannah, um, and like most things, I was initially resistant, um, but then kind of thinking through it, um, it just made sense going through and thinking through my childhood and like why I 
ended up going into ministry, why I felt comfortable at church was because my entire life, from eight, 18 down, I was surrounded by adults who invested into me and poured into me and worked alongside me. Yeah, very similar to Jake, where um, that terminology I hadn't heard of before until, you know, talking to you and to Kenny and some others who read the book. Uh, but it's very similar to Jake as well, just looking back over my past, you know, from childhood through teen years, um, even into college, just seeing there were some strategic relationships that I see now that God put in place to help me, um, to help me continue to walk with, with Jesus. Yeah, awesome. That's a good segue to my next <laughs> next question. So um, one of the things that I am privileged to know about both of you is that you've been walking with Jesus for a while um, and got to do that when you were kids. So who were some people that were influential in your life that you would consider to be on your team or part of your five, either you know as a, as a kid or as a teenager or even in college? Um, who were people that played that role for you? I mean, so I've got a couple easy answers. Um, so there were a couple, we had a lot of different youth pastors going when I was in um, youth group, but um, one of them, Pastor Charlie, I really resonated with, and it was kind of cool to see. He actually randomly stopped by church when I was, like, I did not expect him. It just He, like, stopped by. I didn't even know he was in the state, and so it was kind of cool, like, I still kind of feel like he's on my team, so that was cool. So he got to see you do youth ministry. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It was awesome. Um, Brad Wyson was another one, and he was a youth leader, but all the times I remember of him were just times we spent working together. I mean, so I saw him on Sundays and Wednesdays, but the times I cherish with him, he's passed since. Um, but our times that we went out and we put mulch in the church playground, or we dug trenches and just kind of talked, or we cleans parking lots or whatever we needed to do, sure, but yeah. there was intentional discipleship in those moments. Cool. What about you? Um, so there, there are a lot of people that I could point to in, in my past. Um, my parents traveled a lot, and so I ended up staying in a lot of different homes. Um, and there were families that kind of took me under their wing as their own. Um, but Grandma Maria Smith were one of those couples, and they always called me Laura Smith. And to this day, so cool. uh, Uncle Graham, he's passed on, but um, Aunt Maria, she still calls me, I'm, I'm a Smith, so <laughs> she claims me, um, you know, and just those uh, constant touches throughout the year, you know, how are you doing, and um, yeah, just their encouragement and their, their heart and passion for Jesus, and not only um, just faith alone, but they, they just love me. Yeah. Um, and then I had youth leaders, uh, Joel and Lori, and both of them were super invested. I remember there were times where I'd have a fight with a friend or break up with a boyfriend, and they would show up at my house, and they would just let Ooh. me vent and cry. And, you know, they would just, just be there. And I knew that I could stop in at the place at any time. And I'd have open arms with them. And then um, I would say Kay, Kay O'Connor, she was huge influence during college. She just opened her home. Um, again, just living on campus and kind of that lonely college student, oh, yeah. not knowing quite what to do on a weekend or where to go on a Sunday for lunch. And um, yeah, she she would open her home. She would pray with me. She would invite me to Bible studies. Um, we would prayer walk the campus together. And 
her relationship with Jesus. It, it was one of those that was, she was on fire and she loved the Lord and there was no doubt about that. That's super awesome. You bring up a really good point that those people are all outside of your immediate family too. So um, both of you have mentioned people that maybe weren't your parents, but that's kind of sticky face background is that it would be five adults outside of your immediate family. So it's cool to see how even before you really knew what the research terminology was for sticky face that God put people in your in your life and in your path and especially like at different stages like you said because life looks so different from middle school to high school to college and uh, that's really cool. Uh, would you say the people that you guys mentioned were they multi-generational were they all kind of the same age group or what did that look like? Or, you know, I think because I was the younger generation, they were all kind of older. Um, so I think, uh, like Grandma Maria Smith, they would definitely be the uh, baby boomer and above. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, and then Kay would just be maybe an older generation X. Um, so yeah, just older generation. Cool. Very cool. Oh mm -hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of mine were all kind of. There were there were some that were just. Uh, late 30s, early 40s at the time, just starting families and young families and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people in my life happened to be like my dad's friends. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so a lot of that. But there were the Mosses or two. I mean, I, I assume they're not going to listen to this podcast, but they, they feel like they've been like 75 forever. Like for the past <laughs> 20 years, they're still 75 somehow. But they're, uh, they were older and they were a huge part of my faith growing up. That's awesome. Do you feel like those conversations or the time that you spent, I know Jake, you mentioned it was while you were working alongside someone, but um, was it like an intentional discipling, hard conversations, asking good questions, or was it more the day-to-day -day, um, just kind of being there? Laura, you kind of mentioned a little bit of that, but did it feel intentional as a kid, or did it just feel like somebody was just caring for you? And loving it? I think a little of both. Okay. Um, most of the time, I would say it was just kind of that random, just doing life together. Um, but there were times where I was at a crossroads, and that became very intentional. And they were the ones that showed up. And they were the ones that either called me on the carpet, they asked hard questions. Um, but most of the time, I think it was they just lived life with me. Yeah. So that when those when those moments come up. Mm -hmm. already laid that relationship mm -hmm. groundwork to be able to be in a spot where you could hear maybe some harder pieces of knowledge or wisdom that you needed but didn't want to hear or shake them on you. Um, sorry. Uh, I think for me, I don't, I didn't realize how intentional and how big of an impact Brad was until he passed. Like, he passed, I was I think I was junior or senior year in college, and it was all of a sudden kind of heart attack, healthy as can be. Um, and it was like, at that moment, like, it was, it hurt, and I didn't realize how big he was in my life until that moment, and how intentional he was. He didn't go work on mulch just because he liked working <laughs> and spreading mulch, like, no one does that, but... It, everything he did was a chance to disciple me or my brother, uh, Ryan. Or, yeah. yeah, that's super cool. 
that it's cool that you are able to look back and see that now. Because um, that's one of the things transitioning to us being in someone's five. You don't really see the fruit of that work um, until years, years later. So, um, Laura, you bring a really uh, cool perspective to this table because we're not parents. So, <laughs> um, one of the things that I would like to know is just how does the idea of um, knowing the role that people played in your life and then knowing um, just a little bit about Sticky Faith and the research behind it, how does that play a role into parenting and raising kids? Um, is it intentional to set people up in their world to be on their team or happen or is it a little both? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ask a good question. Um, well, I, I know as a parent, it means the world to me when other people come alongside my kids. And I've seen just as the kids are involved with extracurricular activities, it's just a natural thing, oh, sure, you know, yeah. with coaches or dance instructors. Um, and, you know, we've been so blessed to have coaches and dance instructors that just invest into the kids but then there's you know the um, intentional relationships from church and, and those just mean the world um, and just as a parent and I think I'm, I'm starting to see especially our kids are starting to um, become adults my son turned 17 yeah, that's so um, crazy. yeah and and we're starting to see he's he's forming his own opinions. He's starting to kind of test the opinions that and and beliefs that he's grown up with. Yeah. And um, he's leaning more on other people than he is us. And as a parent, you know, it's it's hard to let him go. But when I know that there are people who will speak truth into his life, who love him, yeah. who um, can come alongside him and and encourage him with similar and same values that, sure. that we have. That just means Yeah, I would imagine that'd be a delicate balance because <laughs> I'm sure it would feel hard to not be the one that he comes to, but also um, being able to trust and know that the people God's mm -hmm. placed in this, in this world are speaking that truth. Mm -hmm. um, that's super cool that you have that perspective because that would be hard as a parent. Um, do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, not in a role as a parent, but what does it look like for you guys to be on someone's team, to be one of their five? Um, you know that we all kind of have unique roles that we play at church or um, just working in school area, but what does it look like, not just with your own kids, but for other kids? How are you on um, someone's five or on their team? Is that something that you are intentional about discipling or what does that look like? I mean, I think a big part of it is not overthinking it. I don't like get on my youth pastor soapbox, but like yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like scared of teenagers and like, oh no, what do I talk about? But yeah. like they're just people. Like so I think a big part of it for me is just caring for them and asking them about things. One of my favorite things to do is just like, let them teach me something. Like, yeah. they know things I don't. Like, oh my gosh, so much <laughs> I, I totally agree with Explain that. this app to me? What is this? Yes. Why, why, why would I do that? this? <laughs> yeah. um, but just give them chances to have someone that they can interact with that isn't going to 
criticize or uh, just they can kind of be themselves. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, in high school, especially, you have to put on a mask and you have to look a certain way, and you have to pretend like you got it together or whatnot. Um, and a big part of being one of somebody's five, and for me, for high schoolers especially, is being a place where they don't have to do that. Right, a safe spot. Yeah, for sure. Sarah, what about you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think. For me, mostly, because again, my role most of the time is as mom, yeah. you know, so it's looking at who has God put in my circle, who who is God bringing through my door with my kids, oh, yeah. and, um, you know, it, I substitute teach a little bit, and so I have a little bit of opportunity to be, to be with students, but it's not real consistent, mm-hmm. um, so the consistent ones are the ones who come over for sleepovers, or, um, you know, that we take to games, or I'm sitting at a soccer game, you know, watching my own kids. Um, so for me, it's just looking at where are those natural relationships, yeah. kind of like what Jake mm-hmm. was saying, like it's nothing I sit down and say, oh, I think I should be loving on that person. Yeah. You know, but it's really not in my um, spirit life or life rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It, it's cool how God just brings those people and then Maybe you have a similar interest, or you have an invested uh, activity like a soccer game where you're both watching the game, or you're both part of that. Um, so those natural things are kind of an awesome way to build those relationships. But I also think about some of the harder hurdles and struggles of implementing something like Sticky Face. And one thing that's coming to mind as a school counselor is you're going to have those kids that are kind of on the fringe that maybe aren't the ones that are involved or have a lot of friends or um, just have those natural connections. So I see that as kind of being a struggle or a hurdle with implementing something like Sticky Face uh, is making sure that all kids have people on their team. Are there things that you guys see that are kind of a challenge to having this as a plan or something to implement? I mean, yeah, like a, a boatload. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's hard from numerous aspects. I mean, there's kind of the the adult side of it where it's it's hard to find some adults who are willing to pour into in a consistent way. Um, again, there's people who are kind of scared, or I think even more than that, you see people who don't feel like they have much to offer. What can Ooh, I teach yeah. them? Um, I think oftentimes it's those people that offer some huge things and they don't realize it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's a struggle. From the kids' side, sometimes there's, I mean, there's kids who just are resistant. They're closed off. They there's some kids that haven't ever had a reason to trust an adult, mm-hmm. um, or not a good reason anyway. And so it takes a lot of work to get one person on their team, let alone five. And so, like kind of all of ministry, it does, it takes time. It's not something you're like, oh, good, they have five people. They're good now. Don't worry about them. Right, that's <laughs> it's true. It's hard. If you don't just plant a seed, you have to really take care of it. Yeah, work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Laura, do you see any other challenges or hurdles? I think up some good ones um, or see just personalities mixing you yeah. know because they have 
you know, an adult that's really drawn to a child, but availability or personality is it just yeah. a, good, a good fit or, um, yeah. That's something I've had to learn in middle school this year is, uh, so with high school, we have a smaller group and I get a chance to kind of interact with everyone and it's a blessing and I get along relatively well with everyone. Unless you ask them. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah. But I mean, middle school, like on average Wednesday night is 35 to 40 kids. There's no way for me to be on every single one of those kids' five. Like, it's just impossible. So, uh, something we're trying to do is consistent small groups. Um, and so that they have people they, they can mesh with and people they can build relationships with. And there are some kids who will be like, man, a little extra or Jake's just too much or I just, he just doesn't get me but for them maybe it's Nikki maybe it's Don maybe right. it's uh, Scott Crandall like he doesn't have to be me it can, yeah. it can be others um, so that's a really good um, point to make is that there's a lot of roles that people can fill especially within a church um, in kids lives that's not the youth pastor or not um uh, worship leader. So what are some ways that you see that if someone's listening and they're like, oh, I'm feeling kind of convicted to be somebody <laughs> for kids, what are ways they can do that? Or ways that you see, maybe from a parent's perspective and from a youth pastor's perspective, um, ways that people can be present and active in kids or teenagers' lives um, if they don't know how or where to start? Show up. What? <laughs> Any, anything, anything they're involved in, just show up and talk to them on a Sunday morning. And I mean, don't force it. Don't be. I mean, be awkward because you have to be awkward to make right. life work. But yeah. I mean, don't like force it. But if you you have interests, you have shared interests with someone, probably you you can find a natural way to start that conversation and realize you don't have to do it all at once. But Mm -hmm. Be intentional about it. Yeah. And just be there. And I think just loving people to love people, you know, without an agenda. So no matter where you're at, um, reaching out to those teenagers or the young, younger than teenagers. Yeah. Um, just without an agenda, and who cares if your personalities aren't mm -hmm. on the same frequency, you know, it. <laughs> At least least if you have that interaction where you're communicating, hey, you have value and I see that and you know what? You're God has made you for a specific purpose and a plan and you know, I may not be one of your five, but guess what? I will cheer you on oh, no yeah. matter where I'm at. Um, but I think just taking the time taking the time for people, reaching out, give give a fist bump, give a high five. Yeah. You know, no matter where you're at, just ask about their week um, you know kids love talking about their week and um, what they're doing and what they're doing so we've talked a lot about how five and just having people on your team as a, as a kid or as a teenager is important um, I want to hear a little bit about what does that look like for you as an adult you have people that pour into you that you would consider to be um, on your five or maybe three <laughs> um, that are just people that love on you and pour into you and how do those relationships work? Where are you going to start? 
<laughs> yes, yes. I um, and I I love it. You know, sticky things about kids, you know, and having five people. But I think it's for all generations and yeah. all ages. We I, I was thinking about you know how when do we lose faith? And it, it tends to be during times of suffering or hardship or Absolutely. just where life just throws this two by four at you and you're like, I don't know what to do. And we all need those people to come inside. Yeah. Yes, yes, I can. I'm going to, I, I have more than five. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah, very thankful for those godly people that continue to point me to Christ in the midst of some really rough Yeah, and it kind of sounds like some of those people that were there for you when you were or younger are mm -hmm. still actively mm -hmm. involved or there's connections made for those that mm -hmm. are so, what about you? Um, so like I said growing up I had a ton I mean I, I probably felt like I had 15 or 20 people like kind of in my corner and cheering for me and um, I felt more at home at church than I did at home um, but going to college, I kind of lost that. Mm -hmm. um, you also went to college pretty far away from home. I, I did get 2,000 miles away. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Cornfield, little of Cornfield in Iowa. Um, it's a little different than California. And so I kind of lost that and kind of, I go into Bible college so you feel like, oh, I've got this. Like, I can, I can do it. Like, I can kind of just bootstrap my own Christianity and make mm -hmm. it work and I'll study hard enough and I don't need other people, and that ended with just kind of a really, really hard, rough time, just mm -hmm. lonely and depressed, and so kind of, it was important to me to find people again. Right. God kind of convicted me of, you can't do this by yourself, you were never meant to. And to so, be yeah. yeah. And so there were a couple of friendships that were in my life that I decided to be more intentional about. And then God brought me to New Hope and brought just a ton of people who were just kind of all over age-wise and just personality-wise that have just been nothing but encouragement and a consistent encouragement. There's at least two or three people that I can think of that every month it's, how you doing? No, how you really doing? Yeah. And that's, that's an awesome thing. That's super cool. It's hard to be the person that asks the, no really, how are you actually doing, but we know how important it is to be asked that and have space to answer that. Um, you guys, it's really fun to sit down and it's kind of crazy that it's already time to wrap up, but I just value the experiences and wisdom that you both bring from different um, places and you bring a lot to the table and I love that I got to soak some of that in. Um, before we go, I want to talk one more question. Um, at New Hope, we hear the words love, grow, go a lot. Um, that's because those are the values that we um, operate by and why we do what we do at New Hope. So loving others and loving Jesus, um, growing together in wisdom and knowledge, and then also going and serving um, his people. So last question for each of you is love, grow, or go. Which one is God kind of calling you or leading you towards more in this season? Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have a stare down there. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's growing. Um, so I hear the vision of New Hope a lot, helping people find and follow Jesus, and being on staff. That's my goal is to right. help teens find and follow Jesus. But I can't do that if I'm not aggressively pursuing Jesus myself. Yeah. And so 
kind of convicting, challenging, encouraging. What does that look like for you? It looks like studying not just for Wednesday nights and Sunday night Bible studies and uh, praying not just for, just kind of get wrapped up in work sometimes. Yeah. This is what I have to do, this is what I have to do, but it's kind of setting aside time for just me and him. Well, with a house full of teenagers, all of them apply. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Every> <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. um, but I think just in life right now, God's calling me to go. Um, I've got a new business venture that I feel like he's calling me to. And definitely, um, it's a business or ministry. Super cool. So, very excited about what he has in store. Um, yes, very scared about yeah. what's in store, you know, and yeah. just coming at it with a lot of fear and trembling and telling But, yeah, that's I'm excited to see what comes of that. <laughs> yeah. well, well, thank you guys so much. And then I'm blessed to chat with you. Thank you. Friends, I hope that you loved sitting down with Jake and Laura as much as I did. Um, I was encouraged and I hope you were encouraged by the wisdom and knowledge that they bring about how to help teens and youth find and follow Jesus. Um, I also hope that you're encouraged to pursue the idea more of loving on some teens and youth in your life. Um, It'll be exciting to see how God uses us and works through us as we continue to love um, this generation. Um, You may have noticed that our sound quality is not super up to par. We're still working on it, and we're excited to make improvements for our next episode. Speaking of the next episode, if you have ideas for what you want us to sit down and chat about, I would love for you to email me. You can contact me at hannah at newhopeadel.org. So that's H-A-N-N-A at newhopeadel.org. So excited to continue chatting with you, to continue having coffee We love having real talk about real life. And of course, we love our real coffee. So we'll chat with you next time. Bye.